0: Today's episode of That Song from That Movie is coming up after this.
1: Welcome to Make a Difference, a podcast about reflection and self-improvement. Each month, the podcast will choose a series of quotes centered around a topic for reflection, and then thoughts for discussion, and finally, ways to put it into practice. We all can get stuck sometimes, and producing these shows are a way for helping all of us to get unstuck. Join us daily to make a difference in how you view your personal outlook and hopefully improve it. Connect with us at www.makeadifferencepodcast.com. Set phases to stone as we take a trip to the future. Not our future. A differing timeline future, but it hasn't diverged yet. More nerdy stuff on today's episode of That Song From That Movie. Cheese. Nope. Try another one.
0: What the hell is macaroni cheese?
1: The response was supposed to be everybody freeze.
0: (laughs) Was it?
1: Apparently so. Work hard. Play hard? Do right. (laughs) Thanks for joining that song from that movie, The Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your Captain Jean Luc Picard host, Dietrich, and we're joined today by a Captain James T. Kirk type, Alex.
2: (laughs) A type. Yeah. What makes me a, a James T. Kirk time?
1: Uh Because I needed one to put in the uh, intro. Okay. <laughs> it's not because of am bit creepy. Low Perry. bar. <laughs> I was after that alien poo I'm sure Ben can probably guess what I'm going to say for him. I'm fi- I'm go- I've got my fingers crossed. <laughs> and we're also joined by Captain Benjamin Sisko.
0: There we ben. go. I wish I had a voice as smooth as Benjamin Sisko or oh, just a smooth in general
1: yeah and uh, well apparently you're getting a microphone next week a new microphone so maybe it will next week <laughs> well
0: we shall see I mean that's <laughs> it literally says on the reviews you know five stars makes me sound like Benjamin Sisko so there we go the reason I bought it so
1: what have you guys been watching this week
0: I have watched every se- every episode rather of The Mandalorian because I'd never seen it before and finished it last night both seasons Yep.
2: no spoilers I've not seen the finale
0: I will not spoil In it. In fact, I've not
2: seen the last two episodes. I will not spoil them. What about you, Alex? Um, I have been... I watched the season finale of Taskmaster, though.
1: Oh, yeah, I watched that,
2: yeah. Okay, season. I, I, There's definitely been better. There was good moments and bad moments.
1: I feel like the lack of audience because of COVID and stuff has sort of really hurt it. When it goes back into the sort of auditorium, it doesn't have quite the same zing.
2: It, feels, it all felt a bit awkward, didn't it? It felt yeah. like I really knew what to do. <laughs> it felt as well like no one was like hugely funny doing the, the tasks. Like uh, yeah. Johnny Vegas was good for some, you know, for something. And the part where Richard Herring had to do all the acting <laughs> by himself.
1: I think this was the first series where the best task, or at least the best outcome from a task, was one of the live tasks, and it was when Daisy May Cooper had to draw that hippo. <laughs> gate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it was just a pure,
2: a pure hatred of him for not knowing what it was. And it was like, <laughs>
1: what the heck? Is is that, with cat? <laughs> that was a drawing of a cat. That was a drawing of a cat.
2: It was a drawing of everything other than Hippo. Um, other than that, I also watched a lot of Wallace and Gromit, actually. Not because it's near Christmas. It's not near, Christmas, it's not near Christmas, I
0: know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Christmas, wink, though. wink. Nudge, <laughs> nudge. <laughs> In away all the secrets behind the curtain, as always.
1: I literally went shopping for Christmas dinner stuff last night. Half ten at Morrison's. <laughs> what are you Dang doing? It. Oh, well, is that just a pick to try and avoid crowds? Yeah. There was only us and one other person shopping, and they were putting all the stuff out that lasted until the 28th. We managed to time it perfectly. What a rare treat. listening, get down to Morrison's now to get your Christmas dinner stuff. <laughs> As we
0: release this episode
1: in the middle of January.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: in terms of what I've been watching, I have an update, and it's about Good Omens. Oh. Oh, yeah. So I've watched two more episodes. There's only one left. And I still don't think it's very good. Give up. (laughs) Give up. The show still seems to be, hey guys, David Tennant's wearing a wig in this episode. (laughs) How (laughs) kooky.
2: Sounds good. where is it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alex is already adding it to his watch list. I watched one episode and that's enough. I'm a modern day man. You've got to to catch me in the first 30 seconds or or else I'm out.
1: Which is why nobody listens to this podcast. I'm usually finished in 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Way, way. So today's episode is the songs of the Academy Award-nominated sci-fi romp, Star Trek Beyond.
2: (laughs) He's slipping that in (laughs) there.
1: So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out, it's uh, it's my turn this week. So the time is July 2016, if you can cast your mind back that far. Wait, 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 wait. Go. So the world got a little bit healthier as Pokemon Go dropped into the App Store for the very first time. Now, I played it for years, all the way up until the release of Generation 5, eventually a mixture of pay-to-win... And lockdown killed my enthusiasm for the game. But man, what a summer!
2: Yeah, I mean, I assumed you—what a summer of what four years! <laughs> I assumed you were still playing it. I'm, I'm shocked to
1: learn that you've stopped. Yeah, yeah, I got fed up of like, I'm, I don't want to input my own money into a into a free game to win. You were the last bastion. and if you, if you're gone, then is anyone playing? I know a lot of people that start playing. However. I
0: jump in to say my wife has just got back into it. Clearly, the pay to win is all she's about. <laughs>
2: All I really remember of playing the game, which was like a good like three weeks, was just people like in the street going, uh, are you playing that Pokemon game? And, like sometimes, I was. Just walking around with your dad. That's the
1: same. You play Pokemon
2: Go. But sometimes I was just genuinely walking on my phone. <laughs> and then you have to be like, well, why are you even talking to me?
0: <laughs> Who are you?
1: I never played it. So it was a bad month for Chris Evans. That's Chris Evans, as in the British TV and radio presenter disliked by everybody. <laughs> as he was dropped from Top Gear, and then a week later, the revival of TGI Friday was also cancelled.
0: God, I remember I watched. I think I watched one episode of that TGI Friday. It was that was weird TV.
1: Yeah, it was awful. I ended up watching it in Mexico because it was the only thing that was on an English speaking channel, and it was the same episode every day. It was oh, it was so bad. So the discussion really is up to you here. Do we talk about Top Gear presenters or do we talk about how much everybody hates the British Chris Evans? Because <laughs> <laughs> I assume you both hate him as well.
2: Yeah, but, but what, what confuses <laughs> me about this is that if everyone hates him, why does he keep game jobs? I, I don't know. I don't get it. I think, there's
1: a, I think there's a
0: demographic between like 50 and 52 that might still don't mind him.
2: I don't know if you got axed from uh, the Radio 2 breakfast show. But he's not on it anymore, is he? No, he went to Virgin, Virgin or something, yeah. Show. But did they like go, Chris, here's as much money as you want, make your own show? Because if they did, what were they thinking?
0: <laughs> Maybe they were hoping it was the other Chris Evans. I was like, I can't believe he said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even with all the Marvel contractual obligations, he said yes. <laughs> I mean, I'll definitely be more likely to listen to that show, just to see what the heck it was. Yeah, me too. They were very
1: confused when he showed up. So it was a good month for Chris Evans. That's Chris Evans, as in the American actor, an all-round nice guy who is liked by everybody. As the Hollywood Reporter confirmed that Cap- that Evans's Captain America: Civil War paycheck was a cool fifteen million dollars. So the discussion here is up to you. Do we talk about the MCU or do we talk about how much everybody loves the American Chris Evans?
2: I mean, what I'd rather talk about is his finest role, which is not another team movie. Now, was that I'm not <laughs> such a great
0: <laughs> Playing the jock in not another team movie.
1: It's a banana split.
0: <laughs>
1: do you only think that because he ends up appearing in the Marilyn Manson video Oh, no, he, yeah, he does yeah, he does yeah, doesn't
0: course, he yeah. I forgot about that
1: we're going to have to do not another team movie at some point <laughs> yeah maybe what do you mean maybe we will do it at some point Charlie. I thought you were going to say his finest role
2: D ever was in uh, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer but <laughs> it's Dolce
1: <laughs> another thing we're going to have to do
2: <laughs> I
1: can't remember that episode that is where the sh- our show peaks isn't it once we've done that one <laughs> yeah. For, for all of those that
2: don't know, D is consistently contacting Simon Webb for, uh, to see if he'll come on the show and do an interview about Ride the Storm from right the this other stuff.
1: If, if everyone wants to help by messaging Simon Webb and asking him to come on the show, that would really help. <laughs> that would definitely be the peak. What also happened in July 2016 was the release of Star Trek Beyond. So it was directed by Justin Lin and was written by Doug, Jung and Simon Pegg. And it's the second follow-up to the fantastic two thousand nine Star Trek in Invert commas, reboot, but more like almost like a more like a spin-off, let's say. Yep, so I'll do a plot synopsis, but of, of course you guys already know what the, the synopsis for this film is because you've both seen it. Wrong. Okay, so, uh, right. So I better do that plot synopsis then. <laughs> I'm looking forward
0: to
1: <laughs> <laughs> When the USS Enterprise crashes after an attack by the evil dictator Kral and his swarm of drones. Kirk, Spock, and crew must find a way off a hostile planet and stop Kral before he destroys the Federation. Along the way, they run into Jailer, who is living inside a previously crashed Starfleet ship on the same planet. So, what do you guys think of this movie? I guess Ben, you might as well go first.
0: <laughs> I might as well because Alex hasn't seen it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the film. I was quite shocked when it came out and that how because it didn't do well at all, did it in the box office? It did not. Which was really surprising because I didn't like Into Into the Darkness. Is it Into Darkness? Yep. Yeah, I really didn't like that film. And Star Trek, the 2009 film, I think is fantastic. Uh, I wouldn't go as far to say I'm a, like a Trekkie, but I've watched a lot of Star Trek. And probably not the best Star Trek, by general consensus. I think the first, one, first stuff I watched was Voyager. But yeah, I think the film seems like a, a more of a, a heart back to the these sort of episodes and that sort of style, it feels like very much just a mission off of one of the series. But with the sort of cinematic adventure beats that fit more a sort of movie media style. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoy it. And what about you, Alex?
2: <laughs> well, as has already been revealed, I've not seen this film. But I think more so is I didn't know that this film existed until recently. <laughs> and <laughs> I've seen the first two films. And when you said Star Trek Beyond, I was like, that's the second one that has uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in it. I've seen that one. And then when I went to look I was like, no, that's called Into Darkness. What the heck is Star Trek Beyond? And then I realized <laughs> that there was a third one. I was like, why do I have no concept of this film being released? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, yeah, wasn't it there w- There was just talks of like a Star Trek film that was going to be written by Quentin Tarantino? I was like, but this surely can't be that. And it <laughs> isn't. So, yeah, that's all I've got to say in it, really. Don't know anything about it. I've seen the first two. Enjoyed the first one. Second one was kind of okay until sort of like the midpoint, <laughs> and then it went went off the rails. Um, <laughs> from I read, I read a bit of the reviews, and it seems like it had like quite a good critical reception. Yeah, it was it was really well received. But from what I could gather, it was maybe released at the same time as a few other big films, and maybe that's why it flopped at box office. Um, but I say flops yeah. did not make made like three hundred and fifty million or something. Mm. I, I made, yeah,
1: it, it was like my break even. So. Not considered a success, but not a failure either.
2: Yeah, but knowing now that it exists and that it seems to be well-reviewed, I think
1: I will try and watch it at some point,
2: if I can. <laughs> yeah.
1: If it ever appears on any streaming service in the UK. Yeah.
2: I mean, are they planning... On, you, you, I don't know if you had this in your notes, Steve, but are they planning on doing another one
1: afterwards? Possibly written by Quentin Tarantino, possibly not. That is true, yeah. He has apparently has written the script and handed it over, but it is R-rated, apparently, so the uh, yeah. production company are like,
2: uh, do we want to do this, do we not? It's probably because it's a bit like, well, what's the point of doing a Star Trek film where it just takes entirely, it takes place entirely on the SS Enterprise? But then again, <laughs> so did so many of the episodes. But I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that that's what a Star Trek by Quentin
1: Tarantino would consist of. I think they'd just go to like the planet feet.
0: <laughs> the planet feet. Yep.
1: This planet only allows barefoot.
0: <laughs> I mean, it takes his ability to make an inappropriate racial commentary to an interplanetary level. <laughs> that's true. Actually. <laughs> The Tarantino, I just, get him to make a space film, get him to make his own space opera or whatever, science fiction touched by other genres. Why do you have to make the Star Trek film? It detracts both from their own things in their attempts to make the other thing, and I think the comparisons yeah. will only be a detriment to both.
1: Yeah, and if it's not like R-rated, like a full-on, let's say, a Tarantino film, people are just going to complain that it wasn't what they were sold.
0: Yeah, and we've already got we've already got Samuel L. Jackson in space.
1: Yeah. Well, it was actually um, released a few months after Force Awakens, which completely uh, took the wind out of its sail. Yeah, that's what, one of the reasons why it didn't do too well.
2: I mean, J.J. Abrams was involved in the original one, which is why he eventually was involved in Star Wars, isn't it? So was he still involved in this one? Just as a producer.
1: Just as a producer.
2: Did he direct the first one?
1: Yeah, and the he second did, one. And the, se- and the second one. I think the reception of the second Star Trek film is why he didn't want to do The Last Jedi, because of the backlash he got from doing another one similar. Yeah, because the second one, not not to go into any
2: spoilers, but the second Star Trek film of the reboot was kind of a remake of an old one, wasn't it? Or it certainly yeah. was playing on a remake of an old one.
1: Yeah, it's, it starts its, as its own thing and then halfway becomes a remake of Rap of Khan. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The director for this, Alex, though, you know you know who Justin Lin is, don't you? One of the contributors to the greatest franchises of all time. Go on. Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> what is he, one of the directors? Uh, I think, how many has he done, D? <laughs> um... Like six? <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's, he's directed quite a few of them and definitely like <laughs> had a hand in nearly every single one of them in, in some capacity.
2: What a guy. Are we talking like the later ones or are we talking like the, the first ones? Yeah, the, I don't the later ones. ones. I, don't,
1: I don't think he did anything with the first two. I think it's all the ones since then. Wait, so, so you're like, saying his first one was Tokyo Drift? <laughs> it was,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm making sure it was. But in, in a lot of ways, Tokyo Drift was the one that set up the uh, the franchise album, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So the movie introduces the character of Jayla. In the script Simon Pegg explained that she was written to be a Jennifer Lawrence type as in they wanted Jennifer Lawrence to play the role. <laughs> yeah. Eventually they decided they couldn't get Jennifer Lawrence and just named the character after Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Oh yeah. For, for all the, imagined smart little nods in this film, that's very lazy.
1: I was reading through the trivia and there was loads of like, the USS something something is a reference to episode six something da, da, da. And I was like, I'll just put this one about Jailer being Jailer <laughs> yeah. from J- Jennifer J-Law. Lawrence. <laughs> uh, but singers as there's three songs in this movie to talk about, I think we should crack on with the first one of that. So three songs, two are written for use in the movie, whilst the other is an older song given a prominent role. I'll just name the three songs now. So it's Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel and Lost in the Stars by Zhang Ji.
0: Is it Rihanna? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like the idea that that Peter Gabriel somehow wrote Sledgehammer
0: for Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> Honestly, for a second, like I was just my mind was like, "Oh my god, is that a Peter Gabriel song?" <laughs> <laughs> in my head i was literally like because i remember when i looked googled uh when i went onto youtube the first thing that came up is Pierre gabriel sledgehammer obviously and i was just like yeah. oh my god is that the same song And i never realized
1: okay so we'll start with the um as the movie describes it classical music uh <laughs> classical music song sabotage by the beastie boys obviously it's the most easily recognizable of the three songs i've just mentioned mm, and, and i think it's fair to say it's nothing to do with this movie why it's recognizable whatsoever so what do you guys think of this song
0: one of the best songs of all time. <laughs> 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 I mean, oh, you just can There's just so much to love about this song. The video is amazing. Like, it's, it's great. I used to watch it so many times on, like, Kerrang! The amount of times I've been on a night out, it, the song absolutely drops. It's amazing. It's used in <laughs> Star Trek the first film. It's great. Yep. But the, in this film, Green my god. Here, in this film, incredible. And man, the Beastie Boys are awesome anyway, but this is their best song. Fight me. Intergalactic's better. <laughs> <laughs> See what the idea? And Intergalactic
2: has a Spock reference, doesn't it? It does, yes. Yeah. I do like the song. Obviously, I have a similar relationship to it as Ben. does, maybe not quite as strong. <laughs> <laughs> the part I really enjoy about the song. Where's the, the passion, song? Alex? Well, I mean, I'm trying to bring it, but <laughs> the part I really like about the song is the bass solo.
0: To bring it down.
2: Yeah, when everything else drops and then that bass solo kicks in, I think that's probably yeah. from playing guitar hero. Uh, for maybe, whichever one this song's on and being forced to play bass by my brother <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's always forced to play bass I liked the use of, I mean I watched the scene I've not seen any of the film as we've discussed but I did watch the scene and I did very much like the use of the song in the scene and uh, I liked the characters and it was sort of like toe tapping and nodding along to it as it was playing and, uh, and then I was like oh my god it's Matt Parkman
0: What's he doing there? <laughs> yeah. If it's sci-fi, expect him. Well, if
2: it's if it's anything to do with Great J. J. Abrams, yeah, just expect yeah. that guy to show up at some point.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, in the first, I, I keep saying first. Well, we know, we know. What I mean, not the eleventh Star Trek film, whatever. Young Kirk is shown playing this song whilst driving his stepdad's car, which is long-term storytelling. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Ben, yes. do you remember my message to you about Sabotage in the movie back when it came out? Oh God, no. Weirdly, it's one of the few messages I just remember off the top of my head. (laughs) It was just something along the lines of, if you'd have told me that I'd be watching a Star Trek movie in the cinema where the solution is to play Beastie Boys at full blast out of a (laughs) a Starfleet ship, I would have been pissed off. (laughs) But instead, I was in the cinema smiling ear to ear because it was such a fun cinema moment
0: yeah and it, it kind of I don't, I don't know if it's because of the song how good the song is it's very easy to see that as like so gimmicky and like they're yep. literally defeating an alien enemy army through the use of beastie boys it's <laughs> okay. it's anarchistic in a new in a whole new level i think just you just go with it you just ride with it so so easily and it do, they do really well to edit it to the song so like the beats, yeah. Um, especially the uh, is it ad rock sort of Wah! <laughs> as it like just basically explodes?
2: I did like coming out of this from a point of view of not seeing any of the film and understanding zero <laughs> context, I was a bit confused as to what was going Like, first, I didn't really know that they could hear the music, then I was like, oh no, they can hear the music, the music is part of the scene, Yep. And then, like, why are they playing the music, and why, why, what what is it that's destroying all of these <laughs> sort of weird flying sentient, I don't know, like, uh what looked like uh, drones, so I don't, uh, yeah, it was odd. But I Do you want us to explain?
1: Um, yeah. Um, essentially, <laughs> the drones communicate uh, on the same frequency as music being played, so by playing the music, it stopped them from being able to communicate with each other and it could destroy them easier.
0: Ah. Uh, I think it's something like, yeah, like FM waves is like the way that, yeah, because it's they're so sort of like a rudimentary vehicle compared to sort of modern technology that they... Can't be defeated by modern technology. So the way it is
1: radio waves. Yeah. Get an old boombox and absolutely <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, say anything style. It's John done. Cusack at the window. <laughs> Makes
0: sense. <laughs> sure, sure it does, Alex. Sure it does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the next song. Unlike what I said before, it's not Peter Gabriel. It's Rihanna's Sledgehammer,
2: Sledgehammer.
1: Thank you. Which plays over the credits and is the first ever official movie tie-in song for the Star Trek franchise. Alex what do you think of this one
2: I listened to the song first I was like this I mean obviously it's Rihanna singing it but it sounds really like a Sia song. I
0: literally was going to say that exact <laughs> thing That's so weird and
2: and it's written by Sia it isn't is. it I, Oh it's I, written. oh well that's yeah that's weird. So I was like it sounds like what happened was Sia sang a version of it sent it to Rihanna I was like yeah you know something like this and then she just <laughs> did like, okay, <laughs> and did that <laughs> and then then sent it back <laughs> because it just sounds like Sia. It's a Sia song sounding like Sia but it's by Ryan.
0: The ridiculously high long notes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but just everything about it, I, like I can't, it's like it's like a, it's like some sort of substance within the song that you can't quite put your finger on that makes it like inexplicably a Sia song. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what it is. But it's quite a good song. I quite like enjoy listening to it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, a lot of power, a lot of range, <laughs> a lot of uh, passion. I enjoyed the video as well. It was very uh, sci-fi.
1: Come back to that. Then, what do you think of the
2: song?
0: I'm quite similar. I mean, I must say that sort of the weird sort of high note just before the chorus does catch me off a bit. And just very much like, you know, as I always think, and I think it just brings points to that interview Sia did on Graham i where she's like, I can't reach these notes. And when I'm performing them live, I just point the microphone to the audience. <laughs> 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 and I, every time I hear those notes, especially if I think, oh, it's a Sia song or a, a song that sounds like her, I just think, yeah, you weren't making that note. That's a synth note, cheat yeah. And I imagine <laughs> Rihanna's. I imagine <laughs> Rihanna's the same. But yeah, it's a decent song. It looks like it's set on the planet where uh, where Captain Kirk fights that. that um... <laughs> That creature, Gorgon. you know, that Gorg, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, I thought the same thing as
2: I was <laughs> assuming that it's an intentional play on that. But, like, the other thing as well to mention is that I had no knowledge of this song either. So the film, this, this song, which was the song for the film, completely passed me by. Because it, it wouldn't have surprised me if, like, if I recognised the song, even though I didn't know the film, because it would have been Rihanna, but no, yeah. no, I have no, idea, no concept of either.
1: Yeah, I couldn't remember it until I started it. I mean, I was like, I, think I vaguely remember hearing this in the cinema as I was, as I was walking out after the film. So, yeah, the music video. Let's go with that. So, it's uh, it's really something.
0: <laughs> she can pull off
1: an alien. Yeah, so I'll just describe it here. But people haven't seen it. So, it's basically an alien Rihanna singing and dancing on a sort of dusty, rocky planet with the, dr- the drones from the film flying around her. It's got a lot of colour to the point where I assumed... It was them reusing like a 4K TV preview video that you'd seen curries. <laughs> <laughs> like it looked like a Sony Bravia advert. <laughs> I
2: did, I did. Lots strobe lighting and uh, yeah, like light stretching across distances.
0: It's very weird because after I saw it, I went out and bought an OLED TV. So <laughs> 8K,
1: 8K boys. <laughs> did you think that this music video was very cinematic in scope in the way it looked? Uh, a
0: little bit, yeah. Yes. I
2: enjoyed
1: that Rami had no eyebrows.
2: If, that's, if that means it's cinematic.
1: <laughs> Oh Well, I didn't notice the eyebrows. But this, <laughs> interestingly, is the first ever music video to be shot entirely on IMAX cameras. Nice. I, nice. I think it shows. Yeah, maybe. Did Christopher Nolan direct it? Uh, Spike Jones directed it. The, wait, the Rihanna video? <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I was about to <laughs> say, Spike. You getting around, boy? I don't know that's who directed what... it. To be honest, it wasn't on the Wikipedia page, which I'm not definitely not reading now. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you know yeah. how
2: much it cost to make? Was it more than the Dying of a Day video by Madonna? <laughs> No
1: idea. Doesn't say. Probably not.
0: (laughs) It's probably still not. (laughs) Yeah. Fun fact, Madonna invented IMAX. (laughs) She did. It's not true, guys, by the way.
2: (laughs) I I didn't want to
1: comment just in case it was true, I (laughs) didn't (laughs) know. Was that like a
2: Margaret Thatcher in Whippy Ice Cream, guys?
1: Would you agree that Rihanna seemed like an odd choice? But not, not because of the music style, but because she's too popular for Star Trek.
2: It did surprise me. It yeah. did surprise me when I saw it, because it didn't seem like it was a good fit, necessarily. Not that the song wasn't good, or... Maybe that is it, that she's, like, too sort of
1: popular to maybe mainstream
2: the yeah. word, a wrong word. It just seemed like, yeah, it just seemed like it wasn't... It was an unusual, anachronistic fit.
1: Yeah, I agree, especially with, like, where the franchise was in the uh teens the tenties? whatever you want to call it (laughs) that that (laughs) decade what what do you call it yeah probably the teens
0: the tens (laughs) the tens the teens or the tens is better (laughs) than the tentees the The 2010s
2: yeah the 2010s i just go full (laughs) yeah
1: okay in the 2010s and the franchise wasn't doing particularly well there was no tv shows it like there was never going to be another star trek tv show again into darkness hadn't done well critically so yeah, it just seems like the franchise wasn't exactly going in the right direction. So how they managed to get Rihanna is basically she was a big Star Trek fan herself. So she was introduced to the show as a child by her father. Basically echoes sentiments you hear from other actresses like Whoopi Goldberg that because the Star Trek franchise, well especially the Star Trek TV shows, offer such uh the franchise is so well diverse that you usually find that people from like black, Asian, minority, ethnic backgrounds are always fans of the franchise because there's representation.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. And that is something I hadn't really thought of before, but it kind of does make sense. Because it was the first... Uh, was it first interracial kiss on screen or something from, yeah, in that's Star right, Trek?
1: Right.
0: Wow, that's yeah, fact. Was, like,
1: a fact. Shatner made sure it was him, because it was supposed to be Nimoy. <laughs> of
0: course it was!
1: <laughs> it was supposed to be Nimoy, and Shatner was like, no, it'd be, it would be Kirk, wouldn't it? It'd be Kirk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course it would be Kirk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're pushing boundaries while at the same time, some are, be- are tightening... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I mean the, the story has like yeah ups and downs definitely. So yeah no that's that's really interesting actually because I was wondering like what what why would Rihanna do this It doesn't uh, yeah
1: surprise me but yeah no it kind of really fits. yeah yeah, yeah it's a really good point. So uh talking of representation matters. are you guys from China? <laughs> the amount of leading questions you have here <laughs> uh,
0: I'm guessing the correct answer here is no.
1: <laughs> if you went to see this film in China, you did not hear Rihanna's voice in this in this movie. Instead, you heard the voice of Zhang Ji, or towards Westernized people, Jason Zhang, and his hit song "Lost in the Stars." I'm re- wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. So right, okay, because I, I had no concept of this film whatsoever, obviously. So th- this this song, the third song that you you asked us to listen to, replaced the Rihanna version. Yes, the Rihanna song. Correct. He didn't do a cover of that song. He did a different song, and they replaced it.
0: He, <laughs> right, that, okay, that explains a lot. <laughs> right.
1: um, so yeah, audience, if you've not heard it, you are forgiven, but you should you should check it out you should check Alex, it out. what do you think of this song?
2: Uh, it's, an, it's an absolute jam. <laughs> is it? Is it really? It is. Like, I, I, I didn't realise that there was a third song that I had to listen to for this episode, I'll, I'll be honest right now, and so I've just listened to it in the, in the ad break. Oh my god, you need to check this out. It's somewhere between, like, Justin Timberlake and, and Aspen, you you said, and you said this, not me, has an Enrique Iglesias vibe to
0: it. <laughs> I, I'm just really, really confused. You guys are going to have to enlighten me a bit, but when was the people's republic of china in the eurovision song contest
1: i have also written it's very eurovision in my notes
0: <laughs> it, it does it does sound like the uh, you know the chinese nomination for <laughs> eurovision song contest this song would win eurovision Definitely, would. Mm, I don't. Uh, well, if we you know how the voting goes, I don't know if there's many um, friends of China in in Europe.
2: It's not quite uh, "Rise of the Phoenix," or whatever it's called. It's not quite Euphoria. Well, but nothing is not anything
0: there. Euphoria, Alex. Nothing's Euphoria. It's the greatest no, no. pop <laughs> song, greatest pop song of all time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'd say you know this. This is up there. This like this could win Eurovision if it was entered. Oh yeah. Definitely. (laughs) And the video as well. I mean, D, we've got to touch on that video because it's him like walking around some sort of mock-up of the SS Enterprise, but he looks so awkward. It looks (laughs) like he's like won a competition to stand in. It might not even be him doing the vocals. D, you might know that. (laughs) But it wouldn't surprise me whether they just picked some guy to stand there and play the song over the top.
1: Well, it is strange. It does look uncomfortable, and it's actually something my wife picked up when we watched the video. He doesn't look like he knows how to say the words in English, it's like he's doing <laughs> yeah. it phonetically. So he doesn't, oh, that, there's, that, there's that, a bit yeah. of a disconnect between his mouth movements and the words of the song. However,. I then went on to watch a Chinese TV performance of this, where he did it on stage, which was also very Eurovision. <laughs> he had like people dancing around him whilst it was oh, he performed that well. in front of an audience of Eurovision fans, probably.
0: Yeah, I saw that as well. He needs that advert director from Lost in Translation, you know, just the guy who's like more intensity <laughs> 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 to uh, <laughs> when he's doing the whiskey advert. <laughs> but he looks like there's a lot of people shouting at him to do certain things, and he hasn't got a clue. <laughs>
2: So, so, like, what is the performance like then on on this live performance? Is is he doing it in English
1: or is he doing in, in Chinese? He is doing it in English, yeah.
2: And and he can do it. So, is it a live performance? It looks to be, yeah. Or is it mind? Well, no, I guess I don't know that. And he still looks uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like he won a competition.
0: That must be quite unusual that he's recorded it in English, if it's likely to be a Chinese specific post that credit song.
1: We did try look to see if there was like another version of the song where it's sang it in Chinese and we couldn't find one. And I thought the English lyrics fit too well into the song for it not to have just been written and performed written and in, in English.
2: Yes, yeah. Maybe they did it that way so that people didn't realise that it was it was been it was a replacement. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you might be right there.
0: Mm, maybe who knows? It's just bizarre that they did, did this did this anyway. <laughs> or oh, Zhangji Ji was convinced that this was his ticket to uh, global stardom, and he thought it was going to be in the actual film that was broadcast across the world. But obviously, with censorship laws, he never realised. And still thinks that to this day. Well,
1: interestingly you say that, because oh. it wasn't just Rihanna who was replaced in China by Jason Zhang. The movie's poster also replaced Chris Pine, Zeke Quinto, and Sofia Batella, the person that played Jailer, with a giant picture of Jason Zhang in Starfleet <laughs> <laughs> uniform.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: For real, there. Eh? What? It's an entire poster of him in uniform, with like the drones going down one side. It, it, and that's the poster they sold it on.
0: <laughs> People going to the cinema to watch... What is likely a two hour pre credit scene that they think building up to the Zhang Ji performance for three minutes.
1: This is the where it gets weird. It worked. What? It wasn't it China was the only region where the release was considered a success. <laughs> oh
2: my god, because they all thought they were seeing a, a Jason Zhang concert. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they thought, Oh
1: J- Jason Zhang's doing a sci-fi film. I'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that awkward little rascal. He has
0: so many (laughs) strings to his bow.
1: Karen talking about, I'll send you the picture of it. (laughs) Uh, It's
2: interesting to find out that it was added afterwards because when I was watching, I was like, this is a really weird selection of a song to put in. Like, where would this fit? Like, where did this come from? I just just couldn't wrap my head
1: around it. (laughs) Well, what's also weird about the song is it talks about the Force. It's the wrong franchise. (laughs) 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 It it, did mention the Force. I thought maybe that was just like a bit of a
2: joke. I didn't, yeah, but now I'm wondering. definitely
1: want send you a screenshot so you can react to the uh, that poster. What a poster. <laughs> Audience, if you want to see it yourself literally just google Jason Jang lost in the stars and it's like the second uh, it's the only one It's an article it's the first one it's not a link to the YouTube video. <laughs> yeah.
0: Bold choice for Captain Kirk, I'm not going to
1: lie. <laughs> well, every
2: character in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. like looking at a person, you think it's like, oh, that's like some sort of cool sci-fi
0: 3D concert that they must be. I, I mean, as, as much as I love Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, I would have also have loved for this song to replace that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it would be brilliant. Cool. Okay, top five. Now, Alex, we all know you're a huge Star Trek fan. <laughs> Seen all the episodes, haven't you?
2: I have, I have seen all the episodes of the
0: original Star Trek season one. Unusually, that's the only season I've never watched. <laughs> yeah. I've watched every other series of Star Trek
1: apart from that. Yeah, I'm similar. I've only seen like a handful of episodes. That's it.
0: So I'm not going to be lying to you, Alex. This might be quite a hard top five for you. Okay. There's often a debate online. Who is the greatest Star Trek captain? But I think that's too boring of a choice. So I want to know which Star Trek captain would make the best manager if you were in a job, which Star Trek captain would be the best manager? This was a list designed by Vulture magazine, not by me. So
1: <laughs> well, I feel like the obvious choice straight away is Picard is the best manager.
2: Is, is Picard just like the most beloved Star Trek captain? It seems to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. He I mean, comes Shatner, Shatner wouldn't be a very good manager, <laughs> And neither would Chris Kirk. Oh, yeah. Is he included in this? They're,
0: yeah. Oh, I think it covers both both cinematic and... Does it cover the,
1: the recent show? Yes, it like does. Discovery it does, and, yes. Uh, yeah. okay. For which I'm going to 100% read <laughs> you because I don't know any of them. Okay, well, from the <laughs> new ones, I would 100% say that the Captain Pike in Season 2 Discovery would be a fantastic manager.
0: You're going well, D. you're going well. Oh, but
2: Captain Pike, though, he was the original one that, that Kirk took over from, because he's yes. in one of the original episodes, yeah.
0: So I'll give you some insight here. Captain Christopher Pike from Star Trek Discovery is third on the list, with such reasoning as, he seems like the kind of boss who teach you new skills, and then suggest unwinding with a game of ping pong that he wouldn't try all that hard to win. <laughs> though he totally could if he wanted to. <laughs> now, D, number two is Jean-Luc Picard. Oh. apparently would be awe-inspiring but sometimes may make confusing judgments um, and you might never know if you truly knew him now personally so i think right, i yeah. think number one is the obvious choice cisco it's not cisco actually cisco is number four. Oh, so janeway katherine janeway oh yeah she'd be a great manager probably the reasoning would be just the sort of boss you might have to complain about behind her back but she's also the sort of boss you'd end up naming your first child after <laughs> <laughs> little katherine janeway first name and I've not seen a lot of Star Trek Discovery, but number five
1: is Captain Philippa Georgiou, Michelle Yeo's character. That's an interesting choice to be on there. Is it? It is in the sense of how Discovery goes, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, true, true. I know that. I know that much. But yes, in general, uh, Captain James D. Kirk should not be on the list. He would be a terrible manager. Uh, from a person po- point of view, he, the business would go straight in the ground. Uh, you might have a good sort of uh, fiscal calendar one year, but, you know, in general. It
2: depends what department is in there, because like you know, like if you guys have seen Mad Men and stuff like that, where they have like an accounts team where all they do is like schmooze like people who they're trying to get into the business. I feel like he would be pretty good at doing that. <laughs> well, so not the not the job, but the sort of the social. It'd be, it'd be a great social. Well, that is, ben, Ben, that is the job. <laughs> I suppose. If you've seen Mad Men, yes, you know the character yes, of Roger yes, Sterling, yes.
0: then So it, ben he he'd guy. be very much a good manager in the sort of the sixties. <laughs>
2: well, maybe even earlier than that.
1: Sixties <laughs> <laughs> is pushing it. Back to you. Okay, cool. Thank you. That was a good list. It's now time for the ultimate question, which is going to be the best of the three.
2: <laughs> don't you
1: dare, Alex! Don't you dare. Okay, so don't you dare. What is the best song? Is it "Sabotage," "Sledgehammer," the Rihanna one, or "Lost in the Stars"? Ben, you can go first. It's "Sabotage." Just stop being silly, guys. Alex, don't even
0: think about it. Put down your sort of weird love of, like, 90s pop for a second. And... Right, okay. Remember your right. roots, Alex. Remember those early days watching Kerrang. What's the best song? Yes. If,
2: if that's flat the question, the best song is Sabotage. What's the best <laughs> song today <laughs> in terms of which one made me smile the most? It's Jason Yee. I,
1: ca- <laughs> I can't
2: argue with the reasoning. I mean, the use of sabotage seems really cool in the film. It, it, they've utilised it really well. Uh, just, I can't remember what it's you're called.
1: You're going to be disappointed as well when you watch it, because you're not going to get the Chinese version of the film, so you're going to get the Rihanna song at the end. Yeah, but I
0: can just watch it on YouTube afterwards.
1: <laughs> I'm also going sabotage, which I don't think is a surprise to anyone, so it's a, it's a hat trick for sabotage. Okay, so that brings an end to our episode about the movie Star Trek Beyond. Let us know which one you think is the best song, and you can do that on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is TSFTMpod. If you want to help out the podcast, you can do that in a handful of ways. One, you can share it on Reddit. Ben, what subreddit should they pick this week?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, No, then you know. (laughs) The Zazhangji subreddit. (laughs) There we go. It needs to be shared on that. uh, What's the Chinese social media? I forget what it's called. Weibo. Is it Weibo? There we go. Find a way
1: to log on to Weibo. The second way you can help us is on our Patreon. It starts from £1 a month. Uh, we have a new Patreon subscriber, so guys, say hello to Jack Thorpe. Hello.
2: <laughs> hello, stuff. Jack.
1: Thank you for,
0: subscri- uh, what was it, patronising? <laughs> <was the> <laughs> Thanks for patronising us. Thanks for patronising us.
1: Yes. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash TSFTM. And the final way you can help us is by buying our fantastic merchandise. Lots of different options on there. Whatever you want. T-shirts. Mass books. The merch is tpublic.com forward slash tsftm. So what's left now is to do some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from myself. Goodbye. And goodbye from Alex. Come in peace. Shoot to kid. Shoot to kill.
0: <laughs> I was so close to picking a line from the, fir- the firm.
1: <laughs> and goodbye from Ben. Like a pinch in the neck of Mr. Spock. So goodbye everybody. Bye. See you later. Toodoo. Make it so.
0: klingons on the starboard bow starboard bow starboard bow
2: it's life jim but not as we know it not as we know it not as we know it Become in peace shoot to kill shoot to kill shoot to kill